0: Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Lost on Lost. My name is Adam Busher, and I am joined by my co host, JP Russell. Hello, JP. Adam. Do you remember the television show Lost?
0: No. (laughs) Why is that? Because I, well, saying I haven't seen it is incorrect. I've seen some of the pilot the finale and a handful of episodes in between like maybe four or five like a roommate was watching it and i sat down and was like i'll just watch watch this too i guess
1: just catching bits and pieces of it here and there yes
0: Correct. Okay, well,
1: I have seen Lost. I, I watched it in its entirety. I started watching it live as it aired sometime in the beginning of season three, I believe. I had uh, heard about this show. Lost was a was a phenomenon when it first aired. It was uh, one of NBC's yeah. most popular shows. It was something that uh, everybody was talking about. It was a fresh kind of idea, something that hadn't been seen on broadcast television before or for sure in a while, at least. And so my curiosity. Curiosity was piqued by it uh, somewhere along the line. I watched the first couple of seasons on DVD and got caught up and started watching it. And from, yeah, some point in season three, I watched every episode all the way up through the finale. And I, I dug it, man. I, yeah. li- I like no, it a lot. It,
0: there's, there's a lot in it for a lot of people, like even just from this pilot, I can see how people were like, yeah, I want some more of this. This is good.
1: Yeah. We went six seasons and it was the story of a group of plane crash survivors who crash on this mysterious island and once they sort of established themselves as having survived on this island for a few days, things start to get really weird and you, you, we Mm -hmm. come to realize, the audience, that the island is a strange and mysterious place with all sorts of uh, inhabitants, you know, both mundane and supernatural. Right, yeah. And it was famous for making the audience question what was going on it it was the birthplace of fan theories and and,
0: yeah uh, there's even even though i wasn't watching it i knew just through like cultural touchstones that like lost asks more questions than it answers consistently and people are always wanting answers and wanting more yeah so it
1: was one of those, uh, they were described as like water cooler television shows. Water yeah, cooler totally. Because yep. it was, you the, the episode would air and it would be the only thing that people could talk about the next day at work. They'd get together. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Just like Murder, She Wrote.
1: Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So having said that, the, the the big mystery of Lost is that all these questions keep being raised and they get answered along the way because it's serialized. It, you know, you start at, at A and you go to B and then you end at C. Yeah. But, you know, that was... Sixteen years ago, uh, that this show aired, and, and, and yeah, sure, we could have went ahead uh, and just started rewatching Lost from the beginning.
0: No, uninteresting.
1: Exactly, like that's a big deal. A Lost rewatch podcast about what happens from A to B to C. Wouldn't it be so much funnier and so much more interesting <laughs> if we did rewatch Lost, but entirely out of order?
0: Oh, but Adam, how would we choose the order of the of watching the episodes? I'm so
1: glad you asked that, JP, because we we actually we we kicked around how to do this a couple of different times. What we did was there are 120 uh, odd episodes of Lost. We we just were like we can watch them all in random order. Let's just pick a pick one and start there, and then just you know go around. And so I went on to a, a little website called Random.org. <laughs>
0: This is such a dumb
1: fucking idea. I asked random.org to give me the numbers 1 through 124 in random order. And that would be the order we would watch the show. (laughs) And it spit out this little group of numbers. And I looked at it. And I started comparing the list of numbers to the list of air dates. And I was like, wow, this is, I think, almost too fucking bonkers. Yep. Let's do this. So we were like, we should put a little bit of structure upon this. Let's, let's, Let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning and end at the end, and then in the middle, sure, let's hit the blender, you know. Mm-hmm. So we tried it. I tried it again. I went back to random.org. I went two through one hundred and twenty-three. Shake those up, and so I looked at the order and I was like, okay, we'll watch the pilot, and then we'll watch uh, season six, episode eighteen. Uh, yeah, not gonna the, work. The episode right before the series finale. Well, that's not gonna work either.
0: Your computer just said please don't
1: yeah exactly i was getting emails from random.org were like i know what you're doing knock it off
0: <laughs> we've seen this before <laughs>
1: we put on one more structural constraint to our to our premise uh, those of you who had, that have seen the show would probably agree with me that the uh, seasons one two and three of lost and seasons four five and six of lost are kind of two very different animals in, in their narrative structure and content so what we've decided to do is we uh, we are going to bookend two seasons of our podcast. We're going to watch the pilot and then 70-some-odd uh, episodes down the road, we're going to watch the Jesus season, Christ. season three finale. And then in between there, we're going to watch the first three seasons in random order. And then season two of the podcast, we'll start with the season four premiere and then go to the uh, series finale, watching four, five, and six in a random order as well.
0: God, what a brilliant idea. How has someone not jumped on this already?
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well if i'm remembering right this was this was your idea but you had pitched it to uh, another friend of yours uh a while back and and his response was like he was kind of into it but he was like this might almost be too dumb to do
0: <laughs> yeah and then i pitched it to you and you said yeah that's just dumb enough to do so it's <laughs> you know it's that little just that little change in in perspective. Um, sh- do, do we want to just do some real quick introductions for ourselves, and then we'll we'll get into it?
1: Uh, sure, sure, sure. Why don't you uh, Why don't you start, JP? With, uh, what uh, what what do you want the audience to know about you?
0: A couple of a couple of things. Well, I'm uh I'm based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I work in the film and video production world. Went to film school uh, where I met Adam Busher and uh, what I will assume will be a vast majority of our guests. <laughs> I am the worst television viewer ever. I've finished a total of, I think, four shows um, in my lifetime. A lot of miniseries.
1: Let me guess what they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. Rizzoli and Isles. Uh, (laughs) Murder, (laughs) She Wrote.
0: (laughs) Quantum Leap. Actually, yes. Quantum Leap is one of them. Uh, (laughs) the, The shows I have finished are Quantum Leap, <laughs> The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> Orphan Black, okay. and and Jim Henson's Dinosaurs. <laughs> Other than that, I have gotten to like the last season of shows and given up and And Orphan Black was only within the last month because I was four episodes away from finishing it and then I stopped. So I went back and I rewatched it all with my girlfriend. So that fourth show is a recent ad. I've gotten like six seasons into shows and just been like, I'm done. And and
1: not only that, but Orphan Black is a modern television show that doesn't do 25 episodes per season. So, to sit down and watch the four seasons of uh, Orphan Black that exist, you did not have to spend 100 hours watching television.
0: No, it took like two weeks. Uh, (laughs) uh, So, I watch a lot of movies. I watch a lot of movies and miniseries. Yeah. So. I just, I I can't watch a million episodes of one show. Uh, Quantum Leap almost killed me, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I I would say I'm probably the opposite, the opposite end of the spectrum there. Like, I like... I like watching TV a lot more than I like watching movies. Like, don't get me wrong, I love watching movies, but I I like the I like the the shorter stories. I like the five act structure of television. So I've always been a big TV guy. I've finished uh, countless uh, numbers of series. That's part of why this podcast idea really appealed to me, um, because I I love TV and I loved Lost when it was uh, when it was on. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. For sure. uh, Like you said, we uh we both went to the same school. Um, While you were in the film department, I was in the theater department. We went to school for several years, and that's where we met. uh, And that's where we yeah a a number of our uh, future guests will feature uh, from uh, from our alma mater, uh, University Mm -hmm. of Wisconsin Oshkosh. But yeah, I I I now currently I live in Los Angeles, uh, California. I do work in the television industry, not in necessarily creative role. Uh, I do work I work in the uh, the office, uh, but I've worked on a handful of uh, television shows. I I moved out to Los Angeles because I wanted to work in TV and uh, and, uh, because I love talking about TV. I love watching TV and I love talking about TV with my friends and I like people to know my opinions on it. So all of that has culminated in us creating this podcast. (laughs) Having said that, I think today we're going to talk about pilot part one and part two of the ABC television show Lost. Fuck yeah. It's the first and second episodes of the show. Those of you that are familiar with the show know that part of the narrative structure is the the flashback. And our flashbacks in this episode are centered around three characters, Jack Shepard, Kate Austin, and Charlie Pace. The pilot part one and two take place on the first and second day after the the big jump off point of the show, the midair breakup and crash of Oceanic Flight 815. JP, this yes. is the part of the show in which uh, I am going to allow you to recap the episode for our audience mm-hmm. uh, and ye- and everybody to get caught up with us if they decided that they would rather just listen to us talk about the show instead of watching the show. All right. Let our hubris be uh, shown and the foundations of this campaign laid
0: bare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So what happened in this episode, it's just another average run of the mill by the books landing of a plane by spirit airlines we find (laughs) (laughs) i fucking hate spirit we find a group of plane crash survivors fighting for their lives after being stranded on a jungle island dr studs McBeefcake jack is running around trying to save the lives with the power of his perfect five o'clock shadow the survivors learn that the island has some dangerous inhabitants lurking in the trees and oh look mary the hobbit's there too (laughs) That's this a, is real high that, level. We're gonna get a, into it now. That's a perfect recap. That's it. thank you. You hit all the notes. <laughs> uh, we have a guest with us today.
1: Yeah, yeah we're gonna have a, we're gonna feature guests on our show, so it's not just me and JP jabbering away.
0: We have comedian, thespian, and local celebrity <laughs> Noah Totsky. Hi, boys. Welcome to the show, Noah. Yeah, yay.
1: Yeah.
2: So the prem- the premise for this is too good to be true. <laughs>
0: See if you feel that way in 124 more episodes.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not going to watch any of this show ever again.
3: <laughs> so you I don't, I don't feel you've like... You've
2: seen it once, right? Uh, I, I've seen seasons one through three, and then I stopped watching on principle. <laughs> okay. Right. That's
0: how I watch television shows.
2: And then you and I and our friend Randy and like 13 other people got together and watched the series finale, and all I did was swear at the television. So... <laughs> noah tell us tell us a little bit about yourself i also met the two of you at uw oshkosh i was not a student well maybe i was a student in the same way that jeremy piven was a student in pcu (laughs) I was like the 17-year senior. No, um, I had graduated, but I I hung around here in town, and so I was lucky enough to continue to find uh, some some shows to do at the university. And... um, JP was nice enough to cast Adam and I in a a film together. We mm-hmm. did a weekend or two of very very late nights and very early mornings, and that was a great time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Adam uh, and I have been on stage, I think, a grand total of twice. I think maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If if that, it feels but, like more, but that's
1: probably the official number,
2: right? But I I mean all the stuff that went on around the theater was probably the stuff that galvanized us all together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, J- J- yeah, JP, sure. JP, and, uh, our friend Murph. Uh, yeah. They were just smitten with Adam and I, and I have no idea why in my case. I mean, I understand. I mean, you look at Adam you're just like, yeah, dude, let, yeah, let's get him in a movie. <laughs> Lord. The best part of, uh, going over this again with you guys is the fact that I actually do really like the first season a whole lot. And I was so hooked into it. And I think that's why I left the show after season three, because I felt so despondent. I was like, you got to start giving me something, bro.
1: Yeah. By the time season three rolls around, the show becomes like a lot of fans got frustrated around that point.
2: They're just not giving answers. Um, And it's, mm. that's why I enjoyed watching these two over again, actually. Yeah. (laughs) because mm-hmm. nobody has to answer shit for me. All they have to do is be like, oh, this plane went down. All right, sweet. What's going on here? Nice. As far as your media consumption, like after you
1: left Lost in the Dust, what kind of stuff do you continue to consume uh, these days as far as uh, what you do, go for for entertainment?
2: So, I mean, I and i i should have mentioned this before and i apologize so you guys want a little bit of background uh i am uh in the world of banking during the hours of 8 to 5 30 every day and then yeah. uh, outside of that time i consume uh, so many movies so much tv that the gamut is just it, it's run all the time as an example <laughs> as an example of shows that i've watched beginning to end that i finished uh the sopranos the wire Seinfeld, what The Shield, uh, Mad Men, uh, uh, did I say Breaking Bad already? I mean, like, no, uh, that's... But, but that makes sense, having the, the five shows you said before that. It's like, of course you watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I uh, watched the first two seasons of Game of Thrones and shut that fucking thing off. <laughs> like I'm, the, I, I, and I know a lot of our friends were like, "It's the greatest show of all time," and I was like, I, "It does nothing for me." No,
0: greatest show of all time is Columbo, and you can fucking fight me if you disagree. I, I, I respectfully disagree.
1: It's Hill Street Blues, <laughs> but we can talk about that in our uh, second, our secondary podcast, Columbo versus the versus Hill Street Blues.
2: Obviously, you two fuckers have. Never watched the Rockford Files. Ugh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm that much older than you. So, <laughs> for
1: the record, Noah's like five years older than me.
2: <laughs> oh God, like that's just it's, God. It just feels like fifty though. If
1: it, it, Like, I will say this, that like when I first met you and I, and you were five years older than me, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was, I was like, man, that guy's really old. And now that it's been 15 years, I'm like, Noah and I are the <laughs> same, we are the same age. Like, I know.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I, I completely agree. I think once you get past like 30, yeah. everybody seems to be like Everybody's from 30. 30, from like 30 no to 40 shit, is yeah. all in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that's great. So yeah, so that's our guest Noah, and we're so happy to have him here uh, because yeah, the pilot I would say is actually pretty good. Let's uh, let's get yeah. into into the deets
2: of it. What do you say, boys? Can I can I just preface one thing sure. real quick? Sure. Now the show we're about to unfold here took place in 2004, just about the same time the Red Sox won their first World Series in 86 years. <laughs> I only mention it because sometimes there's a show. I won't say the best show ever because what's the best show ever? But sometimes there's a show. And I'm talking about Lost here. Sometimes there's a show and, well, it's the show for its time and place. Fits right in there. And that's season one of Lost on ABC. And even if it devolves into a flaming pile of horseshit, and Lost most certainly did that. Quite possibly the shittiest ending of a show in ABC history, which would place it high in the running for shittiest worldwide. But sometimes there's a show. Sometimes there's a show. I lost my train of thought there. Was... Oh, but all hell, I I introduced it enough. <laughs>
0: Bravo. It's like Sam Elliott was in my my headphones just now.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I just had to get that out. (laughs) That's a beautiful way to to start us out here. Thank you, Noah. So glad to
1: have had that. Um, Pilots Part 1 and 2 originally aired on September 22nd and September 29th, 2004. The teleplay was written by J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof, uh, based on a story by Jeffrey Lieber and uh, J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof. Brief moment of trivia about that. The idea was essentially Jeffrey Lieber's, which he sold to ABC, but they started to drift apart creatively. And so ABC reached out to J.J. and Damon, who at the time had an overall deal with the studio. So they came in to rewrite and they gave us what ended up being on the air, and so the WGA, you know, due to their arbitration and all that, that's how the pilot ends up being created. Jeffrey Lieber did not have a continuing creative input on the show after the pilot, and it was, for all intents and purposes, J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof's baby. J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof are two lesser-known names. Uh, You might recognize Damon Lindelof's, his early work in in a little show called Nash Bridges. Um, (laughs) God... And and J.J. Uh, Abrams, just sort of this uh, young and aspiring uh, director who went on to make a Star Trek movie and maybe like a handful of some like Star Wars
0: related things. Um. No, let's circle back to Nash Bridges. Uh, his daughter and his girlfriend, uh, who are not related, look very similar in that show, and it
2: always creeped me out. <laughs> I will not have you disparage Don Johnson. All right, are you done? <laughs> I will de- I will defend Sonny Crockett to the death, JP. You shut your mouth.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: lost. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So um, Lost, created by J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof, based on a story by Jeffrey Lieber. Those guys went on to create a bunch of great things that people continue to love. So thanks, I guess, J.J. and Damon, for giving us something to talk about. Let's talk about it.
0: Where do you want to start? At the beginning, man. The eye, just the eye. <laughs> It was the eye CGI.
1: I don't think so. I mean, is it, 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 the, the uh, rate at which Jack's pupil retracts when we first see it makes you think that, right? Right. Maybe that part's CGI. I don't know. But yeah, the beginning we just we see an eye. Pow, an eye, uh, and we we see a we see a bamboo forest and a man in a suit.
0: Yeah, a suit that looks like he bought it off the rack.
1: Ugh, embarrassing. Um, <laughs> he he's uh discombobulated for sure we don't know what happened to this guy we don't know who this guy is we don't know what's going on with this guy
0: he's just he looks like he's having a rough day yeah he's
1: he's a little bit scratched up on his face uh his his clothes are rumpled and disheveled and he's laying on his back in a bamboo forest somewhere
2: sub question can i have a sub question right here yeah yeah do we believe that jack is um like not that sweaty (laughs) <laughs> like he's he's really not that sweaty for lying in a canopy jungle for what could have been hours yeah
0: that's very true okay
1: and if this suit is in fact off the rack that means it's a polyester blend which will only make him sweat oh murder. dude a hundred percent
2: that thing is that thing's not breathing no uh he he wakes up
0: he sees a dog that doesn't really pay him much credence and and runs away
1: <laughs> no, well before before he runs off oh the dog yeah yeah, yeah the dog runs off for sure yeah, yeah yeah i if you put yourself in in jack like we know who this is this is jack shepherd if you put yourself in jack's shoes here um like i he does that probably actually the first thing i would do I, he checks his pockets yeah and you know instead of a wallet or you know keys or change he has shooters of vodka <laughs>
2: That's what I usually have in my pocket. How are you going to survive in Canopy Jungle without your shooters of vodka? Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I have to ask you. I th- th- this is probably yes. part of the reason why Jack starts off his career
1: as an island survivor so well, is because of the possession of vodka. And, right and tools for the and right And his job. awareness. Yeah. His
2: awareness to his situation. Except for this part. um, <laughs> Take your jacket off. Like he can't. Why do you why do you leave why does
1: he keep the jacket? And th- th- that was my first note as to I was like I was like dude, just take it off.
0: Honestly, like be, because we we find out in just a moment that he's been in a plane crash, his adrenaline <laughs> is probably pumping so hard that body thermal regulation is the least of his concerns right now
1: adrenaline makes you cold right like if his adrenaline's pumping like he yeah he could be freezing you know right he could right. be but like, he, I mean, but he's probably he, he, in shock and you know
2: he also knows that he's wounded though well, yeah, yes. and we
1: find that out in a little bit too. That yeah, he actually does have this uh, vicious gaping wound on his
2: back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the hell with that! I got some stuff to do first.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he he's like he starts to hear some noise, and he so he he runs out of the bamboo forest and out to the beach, and he looks down the beach, and there's nothing nothing down the beach, and he's like, oh okay, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but then he turns around, and
0: uh, and, and <laughs> just this
1: hellscape of this
3: plane right. crash.
1: <laughs> Which,
0: <laughs> that- that reveal is fantastic because yeah. up until this, we we don't know that he's been in a plane crash. But as they pan to the wreckage, the sort of the sounds of chaos swell, and it's it's a very effective it's, reveal.
1: And it's not even like uh, him turning and seeing all of this plane crash horror. It's just like a slow pan in, and and he starts to move in with the with the shot and ru- like run into the chaos. And so instead of just like seeing it all in front of us being laid out, we just we watch what we assume is going to be our
0: hero weighed in now i i do have to say and i'm not trying to like poke holes and stuff but he had to take a run through the jungle to get there Mm -hmm. he woke up in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. that means his body at some point was jettisoned from the plane Mm -hmm. there is no way he is not liquefied (laughs) his bones have been transformed into a bisque and the dog is licking him up like there's no universe that that is not the outcome yes Okay.
1: So, somewhere JP, in the future, we will actually see the footage of the plane breaking up. There should be no survivors. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: no, what no, you were saying.
2: No, it's okay. I uh, I was just gonna defend uh, the fact that we have no idea what happened in the air. We have no idea if he was able to hang on to some fuselage until <laughs> and, close, and, to, and the, until close to the until close like to the ground. A glider. <laughs> Absolutely, and then magically, deliciously, jettison himself out into the top of the canopy jungle, and then ride some fronds down to the you know the the base, <laughs> the base of the island, and then just hang out there and kind of fall asleep. We don't even know if he's you know in some sort of nightmarish drug haze. I mean, there's all sorts of things.
0: Listen, I'm just gonna assume that the pilot and co-pilot were Sully and Denzel, and that they did the best they could. <laughs>
2: How great would that be if Denzel had been like, I'm going to roll the Lost Plane.
0: Right, that's where the vodka shooters came from, and I'm, okay, they made it to the ground. We're good.
1: <laughs> um, so Jack uh, heads into, uh, uh, I don't know if it's survival instinct or training or whatever, but like he gets in there, his head clears, and he starts getting to work. He starts trying to get people a little bit organized, and five minutes into the show, we have our first on-screen fatality. <laughs> A dude, uh, uh, Jack's like, hey, get away from there. Uh, And then a dude
0: gets sucked into the jet engine (laughs) and it blows up. And it's horrifying. It looked like that was a practical explosion, too, which I was like, hell yeah, that looks great.
2: The after effects, though, are the things that bother me the most. Like, it's awesome to watch the guy. Okay, awesome is the wrong term. Um, (laughs) Awesome in the sense that it creates awe. correct uh as in the effect is awesome like when he gets sucked into the jet engine you're like oh my god that couldn't possibly have happened there's no way but then when the engine blows up and and like detonates it still spins really really quickly which makes me feel like well that guy was just made out of like spam <laughs> i mean he does not you didn't have any bones i mean there would be shards of this dude all over and i'm like i know this is network tv but let's not chintz out i mean we're we're trying to compete with the big boys now
0: i i think it's, it's okay to relish in that because like everybody's favorite character from titanic is the guy who racks his nuts on the propeller so like
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're one best of the same. Sound, best sound effect ever <laughs> Thud. So, uh,
0: yeah, Jack Jack just starts doing triage in a mass yeah. casualty situation.
2: Yeah.
1: He spots uh, a, another uh, main cast member that we'll meet in a moment, a young fellow by the name of Boone Carlisle, attempting to give uh, CPR to a woman who's unconscious, and he goes over there and just, like, he starts doing it right. Uh, we find out he's doing it wrong.
3: Oh, yeah.
1: And this is the kind of journey that we're in for here. Even in a moment of, ext- like, an extreme situation here, one of Jack's first lines to another character is a... It's just a fucking dig.
2: You should give back your license. Yeah.
1: You should think about giving that
0: license back. Wow. Thanks, Dr. (laughs) Dickhead. Like, fuck you. Next time I won't help at all. Fuck you. Like.
1: Hey, hey, who was the first one out here actually doing any work and helping people? Okay. Yeah. He wasn't quite nailing it, but. He wasn't
2: taking a nap in the bamboo forest. Yeah. While you were fucking around in the woods playing with all the other, I was out here saving folk. (laughs) There's, it's
0: interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll bring this, this interaction back later because there is a bit of a juxtaposition with how Jack interacts with people where he, he has that very brass, you know, just sort of rude comment. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also has this very sensitive side that we see a little bit later. So we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah
2: okay but like the sensitive side is to his own end
0: yes oh absolutely
2: yes it's it's to further what he's
0: doing like it's not for the necessarily for the benefit of the other person there you go we uh in
1: this frantic scene we can we see some other stuff happen we see there's a pregnant woman there's a there's, there's always a
0: pregnant woman
1: <laughs> uh, who needs assistance there's a, a very disheveled uh, looking hobbit walking around <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
1: <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, he's just kind of he's he's shell shocked.
1: You man. you almost you almost gotta wonder if there if there's something altering like his brain chemistry. Like he something oh. something's certainly not right with this young blonde gentleman. Um, Priorities are
2: not in check. Yeah, uh,
1: and we we get we get a quick view, if not introduction, of a lot of the primary cast members.
0: There's a there's a very good looking woman who I had to Google. I thought it was Kate Beckinsale, and it's not. And then her name is Kate, so now I'm just double confused.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, hold on i'm gonna bring this to a dead stop right here um i'm sorry you think that evangeline lily is as good looking as kate beckinsale uh, listen that's i knew
0: question. i was gonna catch heat for this because noah's in love with kate beckinsale i think that just at a glance they look very similar they're both very do you, attractive do you have face women.
1: blindness and you just saw a brunette woman and you're like that's probably kate beckinsale <laughs>
0: maybe <laughs> Listen, I can't tell the difference between Bill Paxson and Bill Pullman either. So Oh
1: my god. Uh to be fair, when I was watching Lost uh and I was getting caught up watching the first season, I constantly got Shannon and Claire, the two blonde women on the show confused. So <laughs> Yeah, okay. So you're not alone.
0: <laughs> Who else do we meet? Uh we meet uh, a guy named Hugo yeah who's just kind of there to be helpful.
3: Yeah.
1: And uh, the woman uh, that Jack uh, Jack uh, Jack, like immediately there are two things he does well he, he appropriately does CPR to uh, this woman uh, her name is Rose and he also gives Boone busy work to keep Boone out of the way <laughs> stop stop trying to kill people with your help go find a pen (laughs) (laughs)
2: that's right that's right
1: yeah but like this this frantic part of the crash starts to wind down as like the triage section of the uh, of the episode sort of wraps up right
0: especially once there's the, the the plane has officially ceased making noise that that helps uh which another character we're introduced to shannon is standing in the middle screaming at the top of her lungs not helping i already hate her
2: well she's waiting for liam neeson to come and get her man oh fuck that's her <gasps> she's been she's been playing a teenager for just over 14 years it's it's crazy that's fucking wild yeah okay fuck, it, G- guy pierce is not getting her off of a space prison anytime soon i'm just saying <laughs> But yeah, so
1: we we see we we move on to like the sort of the next phase of survival here, which is like the the assessment uh, of mm-hmm. uh, you know less important injuries.
0: Right? Who's who's hurt? What do we got for supplies? What can we do with what we've got? Yeah. So we
1: see we see Hurley start to go, you know, gather the whatever food he can find from the plane. We see Said get a signal fire going. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Jack assesses his own injury, which we find out is a nine-inch gash across uh, his the, the, his back, flesh wound. Yeah, no big deal. Like it, it's like there's a lot of blood, but he like in the process, like Boone tells me, found a pen. He's like, "Thanks, Boone. That's real helpful." Fuck off. He finds <laughs> uh, a sewing kit and he wanders off by himself. Did he imagine that he was going to stitch himself up? No until Kate until Kate wandered in like why did he leave by himself why didn't he stay by the beach where there are survivors and be like does anybody know how to use a needle and thread he wanders off looks at the wound and then Kate Austin walks by uh, disoriented (laughs) sure uh, makes sense but he's like oh hey do you know how to use a needle and thread. What if she hadn't walked by, bro?
0: Well, okay. So this is this is the bit where I was talking about. So like, obviously this is for Jack's own good, but he's he's trying to be very encouraging to her. She's like, you know, he says something like, have you ever sewn before? She's like, I made the curtains at my house. He's like, no, that's perfect. Yeah. That's great. Like, he's very calm about it. It's the same thing with Boone, where Boone comes back with a pen or two pens and he doesn't want to discourage him. He's like, that's great. Yeah. Thanks. These are perfect. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's, there is that ability for him to like have some empathy for this other person. It just doesn't seem to be his go-to. Hold,
2: hold on. What what would his end game have been if he would have reacted in the exact opposite way in both cases? So Boone comes back with the pen and he's like, "You're an idiot. Get out of here." Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he automatically makes an enemy, right? And then sure. if Kate if Kate is like, "I made the drapes once," and he's like, "Oh, you did your drapes." Oh, dude, this is my side we're talking about. I'm gonna. I have problems. Right, there's blood everywhere, and you're supposed to sew me up. God, why did my dad love me? <laughs> it's a good point. I'm just saying, yeah. Jack's not that nice a guy. <laughs> I don't know. I,
0: I think I would have liked to have seen that other version that Noah one just <laughs> That
2: that was probably a That'll.
1: That's a, a unused take. They were like, oh, let's try something else. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like he uh jack we we start to actually get a little bit of characterization now at this point now that we've gotten we've got some action the audience's whistle has been wedded Uh, and now we're gonna start to maybe learn a little bit about these people we find out that jack is uh he's a spinal surgeon
0: yeah this this little moment here was kind of nice yeah
1: he's laying it out for Katie. He's trying to like again for whatever selfish reasons but he is encouraging her he's like you can you can control fear this is how i do it you know thank you for helping like
0: which that that controlled breathing thing is a um the navy seals teach that a lot as a as a stress management oh shit is jack a navy seal no he's everything else (laughs) he's everything else (laughs) um (laughs) I actually, I had to call my aunt when he's telling Kate this story about the first surgery that he ever performed solo. You know, he, he tells her about how he nicked this, like, part of the spine and, like, spinal fluid and nerves started pouring out. And me just watching the show was like, well, that person's paralyzed for life. So I called my aunt, who was an ER nurse for her entire career. And I was like, hey, yo, if this happens to somebody, they're they're fucking toast, right? And she's like, no. You can suture that back up. They have like a, the world's smallest like monofilament that will, you can just kind of shove everything back in and, and someone can recover from that, which I'm assuming that the, the writers would have done the research on something like that. But just to like my my ears, I was like, oh, you're, you're leaking spinal fluid. Well, you don't have legs now. So can, can confirm from a nurse. That's
1: good. That's good research, JP. That's the last bit
0: of research I'm doing for this show. I'm done. <laughs> uh,
1: this was one other thing that bothered me about the surgery was like he whips out the the shooter and he's like, "Here, this is for your hands." Then he's like, "Leave me some for the wound." Uh, but then he pours it on his own back, like entirely missing the wound. And, like, just let Kate do it. <laughs> why do you? Have, right? Why do you have to? Like, why do you have to? Uh, I got to help that you're not helping. You you helping would That's, be just standing totally still and giving her instructions. That's all. It's right. it's
2: another it's another function of Jack's personality, dude. I can yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah, he's got
1: yeah, he's got to do everything.
2: What he should have done was taken a few notes out of De Niro's book from Ronin. <laughs> And really done the job right instead of just being like, I'm going to tell you this story that tells you how to conquer your own fear. And I'm going to do it really, really intensely. And I'm going to breathe in real, real deep like you're hurting me even though you're not. And then I'm going to look off to the side intently like I can actually see that lady's spine. And then you're going to sew me up and everything's going to be fine. Oh, see, I thought you
0: meant he he put out a cup of coffee in the jungle and that's how he was going <laughs> to snare somebody into. <laughs> He's going to ambush him with a cup of coffee and that's how he was going to have someone help him.
1: He, he could have done either of those things, but Matthew Fox, Robert De Niro, he ain't.
2: <laughs> Fuck Ronan's a I'm good as- movie. I'm asking a lot out of a network TV shows. We get a
1: we get a couple other uh, little bits, uh, little bits of introduction. Uh, we go back to the screaming girl and tracheotomy boy. Uh, we find out uh, <laughs> that they uh, Shannon and Boone are their names. If we don't actually hear them in the episode, uh, Shannon's real mean to him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> she's not nice.
2: Like, yeah, Boone sucks, but still, get off his dick for a minute. Jeez. Um <laughs> Adam JP, I'm gonna pose this question to you. Yeah, if you could one word describe Shannon, what would the word be for you?
1: Um one word? God. Like I I'm trying to think of a word that isn't just like entirely disparaging, but
0: I'm gonna use the word unwarranted.
1: <laughs> uh I'm gonna s I'm I'm gonna say deadweight.
2: <laughs> Hyphenated. Hyphenated uh, okay. judges?
0: Yeah, they'll count it.
3: Yeah.
1: Granted, we don't know a ton about her yet. Uh and I, I remember Eventually, Shannon becomes like more of a character, more of a person, more of a real person. But at this that's moment, It's only
2: because so- that's only because someone needs a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Um, my my word for her is privileged. There we go. Oh, sure. Oh. There we go. That's a good one. Yeah. And I gotta be honest. Whenever I see a privileged person on TV, and there are other people that are around them that are not privileged, and I'm not talking like the family from like Succession where everybody's got a billion dollars, right? <laughs> What I'm talking about is this girl is not pitching in. Mm -mm. She's not doing damage control very well. And as Adam astutely put before, it's just a complete dick to Boone for no reason. Like, I I know they've got a history or whatever, and we'll learn that later on. But at that moment in time, all he needs is your help. Yep.
0: You know, there's there's another show that takes a a similar premise. Uh, I think it's called The Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. Oh, my God.
1: God. <laughs> the next little bit that I got here is that we see two more characters that have a clear relationship, and they're outsiders in a in a major way. Uh, they're not speaking mm. English; they're speaking Korean. We see Jin and Sun, and Jin, yeah. Jin being real controlling and uh, bossing Sun around.
0: Yeah, there's something going on
2: there. Yeah.
1: something. Uh, Wait, something. What,
2: do you, what do you mean? <sighs> God, that's not how that's not how a marriage works.
0: It's
3: mm, no.
2: Or um, I, or is he? Just no, that's like how, her, that's how a marriage like, fails. Master... <laughs> Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I I didn't understand. I I thought you know the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, so that's what people sign up for. But I mean,
0: credit to those two actors oh. that like. I mean, they have very little dialogue, but you really get a
2: feel for their
1: dynamic with yeah. oh, very few great. words. Love them too. They're two two of my favorite actors in the show: Daniel Day Kim and uh, Yeonjun Kim.
2: Yeah. Oh man, so good. they are they are so much fun to watch on yeah. the show. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go too far down the road of like good bad acting. Cause like, this is the very beginning of the show,
3: yeah. but
2: like, even though we're not going to fully flesh out what their relationship, you know, is and what it's about and why they love each other and all that other stuff. I completely agree that I was hooked into them right away. Totally, And it makes so much, it makes them so much more interesting when they are speaking a different language and the reason why is they're like you like you as a viewer have to choose one of two things. One, they can't speak another language, or two, they can and they're keeping it a secret, which sure. is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get we get what thirty seconds with them maybe, and yeah.
1: yeah, that is the most interesting foundation laid in the pilot in in my opinion. Um,
2: totally, I am a hundred percent on board with that. Uh,
1: and then and then uh, so we're give or take halfway through this first episode. Uh, I I checked the timer uh, on on the thing twenty minutes forty five seconds. We get the hero shot.
3: <laughs> yeah
1: we get this sweeping shot where we collect all of our principal cast members in one big shot. They're mo- the camera's moving, the actors are moving, they're reacting to a noise that they heard in the jungle and we see we see them all, all 13 of them up on the up on the uh, on the dune there. This show has a diversity problem. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. you don't say no and, and uh, you know i'm not gonna get too into it because again this show was made 16 years ago even at, at the time my brain wasn't programmed to see things like this but looking at it now you've got one adult black character uh, and a, a black child with him you've got two asian characters you've got a hispanic character
0: and that's it and uh, one Middle Eastern
1: guy. Oh, yeah, and, and and a Middle Eastern fellow.
2: Right before this moment occurs in the show, I actually think the biggest sin of the whole first episode occurs. What is that? So Jack is regaling Kate, I think, or maybe it's Claire, I can't remember, with like how the plane crashed. <laughs> And this piece of shit had enough time to yeah. make an airplane out of a frond yeah. from a, a plant. Yeah. And and like, it's a great picture for the, for like, it would never happen in real life. Yeah. And it, like, I see it start to occur and I just get so pissed off. I'm like, you just had major back surgery and you had time To just whittle yourself a fucking plane for, like, to explain to us what happened and when? Come on. And and, and not even just that. Like, uh, of course,
0: besides being dreamy and a doctor, he was also, he dabbled in being a pilot. But, like, he can tell that they dropped 200 feet. And when? Right.
1: That, no, that's a good point. Uh, We are setting Jack up as
2: fucking Superman. He's so omniscient. Like... (laughs) yeah Uh, and upon upon first viewing right so like i try to imagine myself 16 years younger watching it for the first time and i will be 100 percent honest i am engrossed i am just in oh yeah like i it's fast enough it's paced to the place where i'm just like trying to suck in all this information and yes 16 years of hindsight i've seen this episode now maybe three times now is when i finally am just like uh there are problems yes yes
1: and yeah, so that, that plane prop thing happens, yeah, just before the the reveal of the whole cast, and they're reacting to this noise.
2: There's some sort of hellish monster in the jungle. Well, let, let's be honest. I mean, the showrunners are predicating everything on, like, uh, are there dinosaurs here? Right, yeah yeah like it, you know like, right. we're gonna we're gonna tantalize you a little bit because yeah. nothing sounds like that except for a dinosaur well and and like
0: this show I mean if if you're just trying to sell a pilot of this show people lost on an island great mm-hmm. that will last exactly five episodes before people are like <laughs> why haven't they been rescued yet right like okay, there's something else out there. Boom, instantly we can do whatever we want with this. This is now, we're establishing very early on that this is like a, there's there's some sort of supernatural or or, or some other entity out there. And this isn't like a, well, the first few episodes, the first four didn't really uh, read well with the audience. And we had a dip in viewership. So now we're introducing it from the get-go. That's what this was designed to be. And they're they're running with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, they 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 made a very bold choice going balls deep right there. Yeah, yeah. The next
1: morning,
0: uh, we get what
1: uh, will eventually become a staple of this show, which are the <laughs> the A team missions. <laughs> I I remember for sure that usually it's it. basically any little sortie into the jungle that's led by Jack, Kate, or Locke. They, they get called the A-Team in just one time. <laughs> and that's what these still things are referred to the, they're leaving the beach and going to do something to help you know do whatever their, their first A-team mission here is uh, put together with uh, Jack, Kate, and Charlie they're going to go find the cockpit because they can get the transceiver they
2: might be able to aid in some sort of rescue attempt but they also need to have the obligatory one to two minutes of I'm going with you no you're not yeah. I don't need you to come with I'm coming with you
1: uh, this this show would have been only five seasons long if every time somebody was like <laughs> I'm going here somebody was like me too and be like okay
2: sweet i could <laughs> use someone to talk to here we go I, that's
1: awesome so that way if when i get lost i won't be alone um <laughs> jack makes some sort of smarmy comment about her shoes uh and and you're gonna need better shoes
0: and she has to go grave robin there's there's something about that, though. There is... Because this has been done in other movies, too. There's something about the need for shoes and taking them off of... so Because shoes are very, like, a personal thing. Like, you don't typically share your shoes with somebody else. Yeah. And it's this concept of, like, I'm taking them off of another dead person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I find that just kind of unsettling a little bit. Like, yeah. there, there's... Because it's this very conscious action, and now you're literally walking in someone else's shoes. Yeah, um, it's uncomfortable, and, uh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it hit me in a way where I was like, ooh, I didn't I didn't expect to feel that way. That was just interesting. There, and there was a moment,
1: too, where she pulls the first one off and looks at the tongue. She's checking the size yeah. to see if they'll fit, which means that might
2: not have been the first body she did that to. Right, so she might have to do it again and again. And I, I do like the moment and how it's played out, and I do think Evangeline Lilody has an excellent job peering in there and just being like this is this is rough yeah
1: This uh, this uh, shoe collection scene leads to our first look at uh, Locke, John Locke, acting like a big weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Like, did you think that was cute? Did you think that was fun, JP, when Kate's over here, Gray Robin, and then fuck psycho John Locke looks at her with an orange in his mouth and just like, everything's going to be okay. We're on the magic happy listen, island. You, oh, are you Gray Robin? It's... Are you
2: going to go out a fucking hike with Jack? Do you have to get shoes because he doesn't like your shoes because he's a dick?
0: <laughs> did, you like
1: you that, did you like that moment? You're good. <laughs>
2: No.
0: Okay, listen. You have been through a terrible ordeal that no one should have survived. Everyone is stressed out of their mind. Everyone's going through these stages of grief. Fucking Shannon's still in denial. Um and just a small little gesture of like, hey, I'm doing something silly with an orange like, hey, try try and smile. Like we're we're alive. Take Take a little bit of enjoyment in life. I'm like, yeah, I resonate with that. I I get it. That, like that's fair.
1: I don't know. Right? I, I enjoy fair. That. It, 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 yeah. Inserting a moment of levity into this high stress
2: situation. Like, yeah, I, I get why he's trying to do it. Like the impetus from doing it makes sense. Um, not well received by Kate. No. Oh, and he and he recognizes it, which is also a, a good
1: a good moment of self awareness.
2: A <laughs> hundred percent. He's like, Oh, oh. sorry. Hey, um. Really read in the room. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like he does it she is like not cool with it and then John Locke is like oh I'll just have a sugar packet of tea. <laughs> it. takes off
0: maybe next time I'll try the got your nose on her that always works
2: <laughs> that would be so great if this show was just stages of John Locke trying to do jokes to Kate can you imagine how interesting that would have been <laughs> <laughs> like she just he can't get her to crack ever like,
0: <laughs> he's he's in the woods with like a whoopee cushion just trying to fucking like.
2: like like it absolutely, or like he, he makes like a water bag and she walks by and he dumps it on her head <laughs> he's like not funny <laughs> stop it john this is serious <laughs> you know sawyer has a gun right <laughs>
0: oh we're gonna fucking get to that God.
1: um so the so the A team takes off. Kate, Charlie, Jack. Along the along the way, Charlie's like, uh, "Hey, do you recognize me?" And Kate's like, "Yeah, I saw Lord of the Rings." <laughs> we this this whole section here, in between them leaving the beach and them getting to the cockpit, like, was the pilot script not long enough? I don't right. care. We can find out that yeah. Charlie was in a band and still considers himself to be in a band later. When we talk about He's
0: Charlie. the <laughs> bassist. Nobody fucking recognizes the bassist.
2: Track 3, backup vocals. Yeah, nobody knows that, bro. <laughs> Unless your name is Getty Lee or Les Claypool, nobody cares that you play the bass, bro.
0: <laughs>
2: right. Uh,
0: Are you Jaco Pistorius? No, then fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> they get to the, um, they get to, the, they find the cockpit. It's propped up in a tree. They,
2: they start climbing. Oh, it. and
0: Jack's got no problems climbing it with fucking stitches in his back.
2: Yeah. True. He's doing a lot of, lot of work for just off of surgery. Help me out here, guys, and I, I can't remember it for sure. The fuselage that's stuck in the tree, it, that's practical, correct? Yeah. Yes. God, that must have cost a ton.
0: Well, I don't, cause you can find like plain scrapyards. like. No, the the lost pilot was the most expensive pilot in television history until boardwalk empire Whoa. 12 million. But, but what, what I mean, and I have nothing to back this up with, but I'm guessing they probably just like, cut a part of a plane like they didn't have to build it from scratch is what i'm getting at it was no we can we can buy a fuselage yeah of a plane and just chop it into chunks yeah. i mean
1: but they they it, still had to get it out to where they shot it they had to fucking hawaii stage yeah. that whole area put it up in
0: the tree etc yeah.
2: etc et no
0: I'm not, I'm not saying by any means it's easy but it's probably easier than having to construct it from scratch yeah
2: now, because I don't know anything about the industry, I'm going to ask this question. I know I'm getting locked into something that's like real world, but I have to ask this question. And if you don't want to talk about it, you don't have to. But like when they're shooting the pilot, ABC is is paying for it? Or is it they made the pilot and then hopefully they show it and then someone pays for it? Is that how it works? So you can, a pilot
0: can be either way. You can independently make a pilot for a show and then try and sell it to a studio or a studio, like production companies will do that occasionally, or shows can option a pilot and say yes we want you to create this uh here's here's some money and we'll see kind of how it comes together if we want to to option that to run or not
1: and and that's what happened here is the the abc bought jeffrey lieber's idea and then took jj and damon who they were already paying to make stuff for them to polish up and make jeffrey's idea into something that could be a pilot then they made the pilot and then eventually made the decision to bring lost two series from that
2: so then the 12 million dollars is basically an abc investment yes
1: totally yeah because they could have made it and they would be like wow this is a confusing horrifying expensive mess and we're not gonna do this for 23 more hours (laughs) they could have done that okay
2: okay and but that clears it up for me a lot more because like i'm sitting there saying wow if it's like if it it costs the most of any pilot episode ever and there was like a private company that was putting the money up i'm like that's a gamble bro yeah. From what I hear, they made swingers for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's all I'm saying. And it was excellent.
0: <laughs> you know, because uh, right around the same time, there there was a show. Oh God, I forget what what network it was. Um, but you might remember it uh, called The Cavemen, um, based on the the Geico Cavemen. So like that, they shot the pilot and I think seven episodes, and it did so bad after episode three in the ratings that they just never aired the rest of it. So it's like. Oh. You know, there, there, you can, you can cut a show at any time. I
1: myself worked on a television show, a short-lived uh, CBS sitcom, where they aired the pilot, they aired the second episode, and no, no more. We were in the middle of right. editing the tenth episode, and CBS just came like, uh, "Hey, we're returning the avid uh, the editing machines today," and they're like, "Well, you don't want us to finish cutting this episode?" And they were like, "Nope."
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God!
0: Gosh. How fucking demoralizing for like. It was bad. For, for, oh, my God. <laughs> but that For happens. all the people that put in all the work. And, like, granted, yeah, you're getting paid, but still, it's got to be a kick in the dick. Yeah,
3: Cold-blooded. <laughs>
1: so they're, they're here. Uh, Jack, yeah, Jack, with ease, with stitches in his back, scales the uh, the cockpit nose cone part of the plane here and just breaks in the cockpit door with a, a tiny miniature fire extinguisher. Uh, this is post-9-11. Shouldn't that be harder to yep. do?
2: <laughs> the weight, okay, well... I don't want to ruin anything that happens like two seconds later, but the weight of the body, I think, is what gives way. Okay,
1: fine. Yeah.
2: I'm not Adam. I'm on your side. I think no, it's, like don't, I think it's trash. <laughs> I
1: no, I, I I was just I was like uh, I mean like it's TV. Obviously, we gotta you know you know we gotta take a couple of things with a grain of salt. I would I would have rather seen three minutes of them trying to figure out how to open the cockpit door than the conversation about
2: drive shaft. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: Right,
1: but they, so they get the door open, uh, and, and we uh, we get our first notable guest star, Greg Grunberg, yeah. uh, JJ Abrams' uh, good luck charm, uh, child. Childhood friend as the pilot of Oceanic 815. He's still alive. Yeah. Nice. That's and he's got some great news. <laughs> A few hours into the flight, the radio broke. So they drove to Fiji instead of continuing on to LA. They're thousands of miles off course. Nobody knows where the fuck they are.
0: Well, at least it's not raining. Oh wait. Oh wait. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I, I do want to. Oh, I, where JP complains about stuff he learned in the army. Um, <laughs> as soon as it starts raining, all the people on the beach just start running for cover. No, 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 no. You are in a saltwater environment. You need to start collecting rainwater ASAP. The three yo, 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 priorities shit. for survival are water, shelter, food. In that order, yo. you need to get fresh water. Yep. I mean, you can you
1: can absolutely let that fire die out. The problem here is that uh, Wonder Boy uh, survival master Jack isn't at the beach and and he's not there to tell everybody to collect water, and so that's why it doesn't
2: happen. (laughs) Jack isn't here. I can't make any decisions. I don't know what's
3: happening. (laughs)
1: Uh, they they spot they find the transceiver with aid of the pilot but then like they're under attack whatever was harassing them last night is now harassing them this morning it's spooky it's awful i mean it was pretty tense even though i've seen the yeah. i've watched the pilot you know probably three or four times in the past uh, yeah it was that's a that's a tense moment there
0: well the, the idea that whatever this thing is just yoinks the fucking co-pilot just Right to out window. of his seat. Yeah. I mean, his shoes are just what's left, you know. Like what whatever can do that physically is very imposing because yes. he is out of that window real quick. Real quick, yeah,
2: yeah. So let let's say that that dude weighs two hundred and ten pounds, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just average, you yeah, know. sure. 210. Man, he gets he gets yanked out of there like he's it part of the 25 cent claw game, you know? <laughs> like he he is up and out and gone. And what I think what's crazy though is that something needs to attach to him and grab him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if Jack and Kate are in the positions they are in and they are, they are already looking out the window, they would see whatever it was that was out there. And from our perspective, we obviously can't. And they do a very smart thing on the show, which is they cover the windows in blood so that we're like, okay, that's why nobody could you know figure out what the heck just snatched them out of the cockpit. But you have to imagine that for that one second, Jack and Kate saw it, whatever it was. Well. So I I would
0: have to disagree because as as we know the body gets strung up in the woods so the only culprit is the predator from the 1987 film Predator and he's got a cloaking device oh. on him Noah yeah. so like yeah you can't God. you can't see him he's like the the Thank jungle you. moves you know what i mean
2: Yeah no i i am i apologize <laughs> for not entertaining that as That's what i the was show's like, about, and you're right, right because cuz here's the thing i mean if if the predator can take out uh, every you know marine commando that it's ever come across, that this co-pilot should be nothing. <laughs> but he wasn't armed, JP. Uh, yeah.
1: Fuck no, fuck Noah no, brings, no, up back good, down that. He brings up a good counterpoint. The pilot was not armed.
2: Uh, that we know of.
1: Yeah. You know. Oh, man, he could have been strapped, and we just didn't know it. Like I said, post nine sure. eleven, arming pilots protecting our nation's airways. That's true. <laughs> uh the monster chases jack and kate and charlie off into the woods and it's still raining and it, they they don't they never see the monster even though like charlie's like it was right on top of us did you see it no
2: yeah they try and make that purposefully confusing and, and like upon multiple viewings it's like i don't yeah i don't what? buy
1: it you sh- somebody should have saw it <laughs> unless the monster's made of rain
0: <laughs> so <laughs> hmm somewhere jj abrams ears are ringing um <laughs>
2: takes notes rain monster thank you thank you uh
0: when i you know like i said, i I didn't watch lost um i would just sort of get people telling me about it and the way i understood it up until watching the pilot was that the monster in the woods was uh sort of thrown in after the fact like oh it it didn't come out till later and watching this i was like no it's in the first hour yeah. of the first it's episode. in it's in like, the first t- t-
1: 25 minutes of the first episode
0: right yeah. so my uh my understanding of this was a, a bit flawed
1: yeah but that's all right uh they they get back together after being separated in the rain the nobody saw the monster uh where's jack oh he's fine a little bit of subterfuge to make us wonder mm-hmm. But this, I, I made a note here because I wanted to make my, I loved this shot when they, they're they like, what's that? They see the pilot's wings in the mud and then the shot over Kate's shoulder in the reflection. So you good. You see the pilot's yeah. body in the reflection of the water. I was like, that's
2: actually a really good fucking shot. That's cool. So good. I had forgotten it. Yeah. And when it, ha- when it happened, I was like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Noah, I want to, I don't know why this is stuck in my mind. When Kate is in the rain and she's yelling for Jack, uh, and then she runs into Charlie. I just felt like her performance in that was so much stronger than other scenes she was in. I'm like, is this the scene she read for?
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so that that's a very interesting. Okay, so there are some there are some actors that seem to be able to play panic way better than others, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just the rapid breathing thing that almost everybody employs, mm-hmm. right? For whatever reason. uh, Matthew Fox. Evangeline Lily, when she starts doing the count and she starts utilizing Jack's strategy, Mm -hmm. I was like, I buy this. I cannot believe that I buy this. And, (laughs) uh, like, honestly, I should have been totally turned off to that moment. And I was like, awesome great job yep. like apparently evangeline lily had done one thing which was like it was like some 1-800 number uh commercial in canada before she got this part she had wow. never acted like in no serialized shit. anything ever before this part
0: and now she's in fucking marvel movies
3: yeah yeah
2: and she was also you know sort of in lord of the rings stuff too which is fine yeah I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <that's> fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, JP. Did you just go? Eh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sorry. I thought that wasn't an. eh. I thought it was more like a. Meh. Yeah. I don't like that. Meh. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Um. I, I like I like learning. So it's fine. <laughs> uh. There's
1: there is a flashback in the pilot, but it's really not worth mentioning too much. Jack. Uh. We no. see Jack on the plane before the crash. Um. He, uh. And we find out he's probably a drunk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah Well, and, but here's the thing the interaction with the flight attendant is unbelievably into jack
0: yeah and he's an asshole talking about how the drink isn't strong enough right. like, okay. like it's her fault like he's fo- She's following the rules
2: and, sh- and she's like and she's like here's you know here's a little more here's a little more vodka for you man yeah here's a little more vodka for you man hey man i'm doing you a solid p.s i get off when this plane lands like
1: <laughs> right. where are you headed la me too
2: Oh, me too. Good thing (laughs) we'll meet there.
1: We also get a, 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 a interaction between Jack and Rose. Uh, Rose, a uh, uh, great actress, L. Scott Caldwell. Uh, don't see her nearly Dude, she's enough so of her true. throughout this show. I wish but, there was more of her. I wish she would have been a main cast member, um, but she was always just like a, a guest uh, guest cast. Um, she mentions that her husband uh, was in the bathroom, and so we don't see who her husband is, and then the plane blows up.
0: Um, but but again, like no nobody likes turbulence. Right. She got a little white knuckled, <laughs> and Jack feels the need to be presumptuous and like. Lean Mean over the island, be like it's perfectly Man. normal. Like, thanks Man. for mansplaining fucking turbulence to me, guy. <laughs> but stay on your side of the island, drink your fucking drink,
2: well, right? And like, and that's the thing. Like, it seems like all of these characters just give themselves over to Jack.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like within, like he's just the most charming guy. And like, it doesn't read that way to me now. No. I no.
1: When I see all.
2: it, when I see it, I'm just like, why are they into him? Like, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 pretty much it for the first part of the pilot
0: I do want to say in terms of like cinematography they they clearly had some some really nice days and and time where they're like let's let's you know yeah let the the sunset play out or as the storms are rolling in and, and uh that one the who's the bald guy with the the orange in his mouth um uh
2: Terry O'Quinn
0: no <laughs> no the John, John oh, is that it it's John Locke, Terry yes, John Locke. um You know, he's like sitting on the the beach as the storm's rolling in. The guy allows the
2: bomb to blow up around him? Yeah. That guy? Yeah, that's the one. Okay.
0: Um, But, you know, they, they, they really played to the fact that like oh we're at this beautiful location let's let's you know when when the light is right let's let's shoot it so is is really good
1: yeah and and
0: uh I, th- I think a lot of people are probably aware of this but pilots uh, when
1: they're shot at their their shooting schedule is generally a bit a little bit longer and a little bit more uh extended than your standard yeah. episode once you're in series like if you're you know one hour drama shoots over the course of eight days your pilot will have shot over you know 13 days uh, maybe more right Um, So, yeah, so they had more time to, you know, get things right.
2: Two weeks for a
1: pilot? Uh, I've been on pilots that were longer than that.
2: God, I guess I just, and this is just me being an outsider, man. I've I've never really, I, I couldn't even imagine how long it would actually take to shoot that 50 minutes of television yeah I just I just automatically think well it's tv so it's not as hard as film well and a lot
1: of a lot of times you see this uh you still see it even though shows get picked up directly to series uh more often these days but even on shows where I've worked on where we we were straight to series our first episode what was considered our pilot we would still give ourselves a couple extra days to do it right you know because that's the that's that's your uh introduction to the audience and you want them to you you want them to buy in so it makes sense to have them uh you know spend put, a little bit more time on it yeah make sure to get it right and 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 jj abrams was the one directing this this was his you know very much him and damon Lindelof's baby so you know they put in the work to make sure that we uh, we liked it and um, at the time we did
2: i and i i have to be honest i still kind of do yeah i still kind of i know do i know i know that i've summarily tried to destroy this episode but really what i want to <laughs> get to the point of is man jack Just, I mean, he's going to be our, you know, he's going to be our main, and it's not, it's not cool, like, the way, you know, Vic Mackey is the worst human being ever, or the way that Tony Soprano is the worst human, or the way that Walt is the worst human being ever. Jack just seems like a douche.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's like, you can have your, your main character in your show be a douche, if they're also the villain. (laughs) A hundred percent. But if they're supposed to be, like, one of the good guys, that's a tough sell.
2: Well, and again, the the anti-hero... Is supposed to be there yeah. to be a, like to, to make you feel like okay. I think there's a reason why narratively I'm still interested in this person. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hate, I, I know this is, I'm going to not quote it correctly, but everyone's like, well, you have to like the main character. I disagree. You have to, you have to be able to watch yes the main character. And I think that's like a John Travolta quote of like all people, but like, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I don't have to like any, like anybody, but if I, if I'm interested, I'm there. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no. Your main character does not have to be likable. They got to be watchable. That's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. And watching somebody be like attempt to be charming and just come
2: off being a dick—that's not super watchable. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, and he's skilled. He's skilled in a lot of things that are very important. But it's a trap because the show is set up to be in that. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't feel extraordinary when he's running around saving lives.
1: Yeah. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move into what happens in the uh, in the second part of the uh, the pilot. Unlike a lot of dual length pilots that you see, uh, this actually aired on two separate nights. So this aired on like whatever it was a Thursday.
2: Oh and no shit! Part two aired a week later. Oh my god, really? I I could have sworn. uh nope. never mind. It was sixteen years ago. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get into
1: the we get into the second part of the pilot. We get and this is where we see flashbacks from uh, Kate and charlie right at the end of the uh first part of the pilot charlie while they're in the cockpit disappears into the bathroom and it's all weird and he makes a makes an excuse about being sick or something like that um we get this flashback we find out charlie's a heroin addict
0: oh and he's in a band back oh. back in
1: the day before the plane crash back on the plane charlie's freaking out he's he's hurting bad yeah he's twitchy dude
2: no no he's not what? the actor
1: yeah <laughs> Like it's he's he's in the early stages. Like
2: he's got a he's got a good six hours before
0: he really starts to hurt. Yeah. A
2: well, hundred. He's not even sweating no, yet.
0: Just happened. But I, I'm wondering if like and uh, this might be answered down the road if like the plane staff was like told to keep an eye on him because they chase him down to the bathroom with Dude. like some force. <laughs> yeah.
2: They have they have no proof that we know of. He's just acting at all. weird like that. Like the, he's the, just
1: fidgeting. The 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 flight attendant sees him. He acts strange, and then he gets up in a rush and runs to the bathroom. That person could be suffering from air sickness. Right. Why do oh, three right. of you need and, to go check on him?
2: A hundred percent. And I mean, I guess the other portion of that is like, well, if they're really scared about like what he is, maybe he's fidgeting because he's planning something awful. That then, why, go get the U.S. Marshal? That's on. The- <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Uh, also. Again, post 9-11 world, is he really going to be able to smuggle that much? That's a huge like, bag of heroin.
2: Dude, it's so yeah. much.
0: Is he going to get that in his shoe? I don't think so. We had to take our shoes off at the airport at that time.
2: Well, they did I leave am... from
1: Australia.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, still. It's the okay rest of the world but, yeah, but, still, but still, it's um, still. It's
1: still a pretty massive bag of heroin to have in your shoe and not your stomach, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it just—it all smacks of convenience for the show. Yeah, that—that's the thing that bothers me the most. Like, it just seems like, oh well, we gotta have this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I
1: got—I got, I got qu- another quick note about things about Jack that irritate me. Uh, Charlie's uh, goes out on this hike with uh with a slip on Vans, and Jack had no problem with Charlie's shoes.
3: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> dick.
2: Perhaps Jack doesn't care about Charlie. Perhaps Jack uh,
1: likes to tell women what to do and and that's part of uh, his multitude of problems and f-
2: uh, flaws. Yeah. And and perhaps perhaps Jack can see no further use for Charlie. That too, yeah. That that he could have like Kate has a use. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, hot tropical hookup. <laughs>
1: Uh, so what? Had like other like this? Uh, unlike the first part of the pilot, where the the flashbacks almost seemed a little tacked on uh, and didn't really give us mm-hmm. a ton to do or a ton to work with, like the the two flashbacks we see from Kate and Charlie are actually kind of interesting things because they start to the the flashbacks start to inform things about the the ongoing present island thing. We, right. we see what like Charlie's shifty, weird, out of it state, and now we're like, oh shit, he's. He's fought, he's on the edge of a out like he's on heroin.
0: Yeah. Well, then then from Kate's we start to get the the drama around the handcuffs.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the kid. Walt is out. Uh, uh looking for the dog. Um, and he, he spots a pair of handcuffs out in the woods, which is like kind of strange, just there. It's like, okay, why are there handcuffs out here? Like, uh, we get uh, uh, so, uh, some more characterization here, some more introductory stuff. Michael and Walt don't necessarily see eye to eye, despite the fact that they're you know father and son. So so obviously there's some sort of uh, trauma or. Uh, you know, drama
0: there. And he, they, they take the, the handcuffs sort of back to the, the main group of survivors to uh, to show them. Uh, and in the words of Samuel Gerard from the film The Fugitive, <laughs> we find it weird when we find a set of leg irons with no legs in them.
2: <laughs> That's he the first of
0: out. what I can only assume is 57 times that I'll reference The Fugitive during this podcast. Let's, he, let's he, hope. He might have got out.
2: I want to, I want to, I, I think that, I think... Walt being the character that finds the handcuffs is great storytelling. Oh, sure. Totally. And then you're right. When when we immediately go back to camp, is is that the moment that Harold Pinu tries to console Walt
0: uh no it cuts right to the fight yeah the
2: fight we get a little bit uh,
1: of introduction to Saeed and Sawyer mostly through a garbled dialogue during this uh, this fight Sayed calls him a redneck Sawyer calls him a terrorist uh, it's all very yeah
0: that's oh yeah yeah again like <laughs> yeah not it's not great that's even though we, we we aren't really supposed to like Sawyer at this point. I still feel like that's we know that's not something about in, him. you're
1: and this is the, like our f- really like our first real like thing other than he likes to smoke right I mean,
2: the only thing yeah I was about to say the only thing that we do know about him is he's the only network TV person to smoke <laughs> in my recent memory yeah. which made him just the coolest person on the planet yeah. to me <laughs> yeah. but but, he likes but to I smoke, mean like and if he's,
1: and he's right
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's what I mean if
0: this is if he turns out to be a character that we're supposed to like boy is it weird yep. to have him be a racist right yep, off the bat a, you know not a great like start again <laughs> no not at all <laughs>
2: um I want you guys to think about try, try to think about any ulterior motive that Sawyer would have that that was his only option do you know what I mean like even even as like a, a chess game you know that he's trying to play it just doesn't uh it just it just didn't work no not at all. Some other sort of random notes
1: I have from this same sort of time period uh, in the show. Um, Jin is starting to fish. Yeah. Yeah. So Jin is getting about the business of survival. Like we talked about having to catch rainwater, having to create shelter, food, shelter, water. Like these are the things. Jin, Jin's getting to it yeah totally Like, there's no way he's and, going to be able to uh harvest enough sea urchins to feed 40 some odd
0: people but it's a start and let me tell you i've i've had sea urchin before it's not that good it's really <laughs> certainly not good certainly not my favorite sushi no i mean definitely if you, it's that or starve you got to eat it but man let's let's look for some fucking like frero rochers or whatever like first in the wreckage
2: because like dig
1: up a dig up a surf clam if you're out there like maybe that
2: let's also not forget jim slapping his wife's hand
1: yeah (sighs) yes yes that's my and that's my next note under it uh michael walks up and catches this weirdness between the two of them jim being oppressive uh son having to kowtow to him again another instance of uh, if we're supposed to like this guy not a great start is this pilot going to end with uh, Jack, Sawyer, and Jin being the three bad guys, <laughs> and, and, and the rest of the survivors banning against them and booting them out of the camp. Is that what's going to yeah. happen? Is that where we're headed? They, they get
0: voted off the island.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just Lord of the Flies. Oy, oy, oy. Um,
0: <laughs> yep. Uh,
1: after the fight, Hurley and uh, Hurley goes over and plays a little bit of morale officer with Saeed, kind of, you know, try to cheer him up.
2: Great, great job by these two guys. Yeah, great job. Very
0: well done. When he reveals that, like,
2: oh, you know, we're we're Army, Air Force,
0: Navy, and he's like, Republican Guard. I was like, cue the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty 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 good yeah yeah <laughs> excellent
1: scene there I, I forget, just prior to that the the cockpit mission returns jack's uh jack kate and charlie with the transceiver that they got Said volunteers to fix it because he uh, says that he knows about radios or whatever
2: so i apologize i just want to rewind just two seconds sure. if that, uh, there's this there's this thing that i think is pretty poignant so yes the the three of them do come back However, they're all very accepting of their like, where were you? Where was I? Where were you? Well, I was over here. Well, I was with her. Well, where'd you go? Mm. Like that that was just glossed over so hard. <laughs> and they just show up back in camp and then it's like, oh shit, what's going on? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like like Charlie lying about what he was doing. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Why doesn't he just say I was I was masturbating? Why doesn't he just say that? <laughs> She, she she's not gonna question him. She'll be like, "This is gross. I'm done with this conversation." What were you doing in there? I
1: was jerking I, off. Do you mind? I was jerking
2: off. All right. It's I can't help it. Whenever I climb things, I just ugh. God, it's
1: it's been about 18 hours since the
2: last one time I rubbed one out, and so it was, <gasps> I, was I was due. And three flight attendants tried to stop me. Then you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> An air marshal's not gonna stop me from shmeeting my meat. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that's what they wanted to do originally, but ABC was like, tone it down, JJ. He's
3: like,
1: I'm, get, I'm getting a jerk-off joke in here somewhere.
2: Now we feel that the masturbation joke will not play well, so could we change him to a heroin addict?
1: I'll, ta- I'll take your note. <laughs> yeah, that, that's somewhere in the, in the Lost Show Bible in, on JJ's bookshelf somewhere. The original idea was Charlie was a chronic masturbator. <laughs> ABC was like Dude, eh, the name it's of, a little the blue. Name of,
2: the name of his band was Drive Shaft.
0: Oh. God damn it.
2: I'm, I'm telling you, the, the fucking writing is on the wall. Can you imagine if you were t- if you were that actor and he's like, I showed up and I signed up for a show where I got to be a chronic masturbator and you turned me into a heroine. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm locked uh, this, into
0: this goddamn show
2: I, I I was in Lord of the Rings <laughs> This is not acceptable
1: Oh god uh, Maybe <laughs> m- Maybe You know I, But I get it Like maybe Maybe like something like that uh, ABC would have thought Would have been a little gratuitous Which brings me to The next scene that I want to talk about Kate bathing in the surf In her underwear Um, uh. Four uh, And let me check my notes here no narrative reason whatsoever.
3: <laughs> oh,
0: Listen, yeah, I don't want to be gross. I don't want to just, you know, only view women through the male gaze. I did not mind this scene.
1: I mean, I'll, okay,
2: eventually pretty. Yes. I... <laughs>
0: what purpose did it serve? Not
1: uh, the
2: the person that she's having the conversation with with his gin, right? Uh
0: a son. Son.
2: Sorry, son. Yeah. Sorry. So, bear with me here, gentlemen, while I make this logical leap please do did someone make sun button up just a few minutes ago yes yes and is evangeline lily not needing to do that yes that's true oh my god
1: nobody's telling her to not to to cover up that's true
2: so now perhaps the narrative reason is that it gives sun a reason to want to go over and talk to her so that she can figure out how can you be so free
0: yeah maybe that or we just want to see them titties
2: i i i will go ahead
1: and uh agree with your opening to this bit no that that was a leap
2: (laughs) they do most they do most of the entire scene very tastefully from the shoulders up and then in the last in the last moment Six seconds, it happens, and you're like, This woman is a 38 out of 10. And then you're a 26 year old man, and, you're, and your brain explodes, and you're like, That's a person. <laughs> Jeez,
3: yeah. yeah. And
2: she's on network television. Holy shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Her and I are the same species. Yeah, I will, That's I will actually. I'm gonna 100%. give
1: this. Uh, I'm gonna give props to the costuming department here. Actually, um, I don't want to sit too much longer. Oh, the on, uh, on Evangeline Lilly's uh, gratuitous bathing scene, but she was not wearing a matching bra and underwear. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, good. As as we
2: as we find the, out the, the reason it, for,
1: we only would have found we only like if she was like there and in a matching uh, bra and underwear. If her undergarments, I've, I've been like, okay, this is n- this is nothing but service for for the like this is useless so i mean at least they didn't lean into it i I did write that whoever
0: did her her costuming and wardrobe was probably reading my journal uh in high school (laughs) um
3: because the like
0: woman with the sort of low-cut cargo pants tank top overshirt. i was like oh god that was my formative years (laughs) this uh God. That struck a nerve.
2: So you really don't buy that that Sun was living her best life through Kate.
0: <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, it's hundred percent that. I just want to be gross. <laughs> the the Sun is getting
1: Kate's attention because Said uh, has an idea for the radio how to how to maybe hasten a rescue, which leads us to the beginning of AT mission number two. <laughs> We got to get to high ground to get a better signal for the transceiver. So yep. uh, so Kate, uh, Kate's like, I'm going to go with Saeed to, to deal with this. She tells this to Jack. Jack's like, don't leave without me. And she's like, you have your hands full. Like, you're not the only person here. You don't have to do everything. And, like, he's all salty and grumpy about it. But he does have this the, this dude who's been stabbed in the stomach with shrapnel. He's like, I do have to deal with this because I was hoping we'd be at a hospital at this point where we are not. So now the only, way that, the only thing to do is to try and proceed with some sort of... Procedure to room that remove this big chunk of shrapnel from this dude's abdomen. Sepsis. So Kate's yeah. gonna go on this this mission without him. And good, fine, stay here, Jack. <laughs> right. He
0: was very like he thinks that he's the only one that should be doing like the dangerous stuff. Right. Like he really did not want them going out without him. Yeah,
1: and which leads to a great moment as saeed and Kate are getting ready to go. Uh, Shannon and Boone have an argument before this. Uh, Shannon continuing, she's tanning. She's Ugh. continuing to be dead weight. She continues to be a cow to Boone, and so she's like, "I'm going to prove it. I'm going to, I'm going to join the the mission." And so, so she runs off. Which a uh, lot, they get over there, uh, and Boone's like, "She's not going. Yes, I am. Yes, we are." And, and I can't remember who says it, Kate or Sid. He's like, "Everybody come. I don't care. We're leaving. Yeah, but we're leaving whatever. now. Anybody Just, who wants to get there, we I'm, can have a group exactly. of fifteen fucking people. But we're leaving now." <laughs> their yes. fight
2: is so idiotic yeah uh,
1: but so, so this mission uh, ends up being kate uh, saeed shannon boone charlie because uh, he just wanders up and he's like yeah i'm gonna go <laughs> well first he has to go behind the tree yeah he yeah. goes and he gets doing he's got to fix up again because if you have that bench heroin you might as well do it
0: smoke him if you got him
2: <laughs> speaking of smoke him if you got him doesn't doesn't Sawyer know that at some point that shit's gonna run out? Like, yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta save some it.
1: sort of rationing system needs to be put in place here for both the heroin and like, the cigarettes.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, this this stuff is not just growing on trees. No. Wait, does do both of those things grow on trees? They are
1: plants. Yeah, so, very
0: much so.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit if midway through season one, like they're out on one of these missions and Charlie's along and they just stumble into an opium field and not like wild opium, oh, but yeah. like an opium Absolutely. farm? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and over here we have our tobacco plants. What? what?
0: <laughs> Fuck it! I I changed my mind. I don't want to leave the island.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm here, man. Uh, <laughs> so- Wooderson, we're going. We're going to. <laughs> I'm here, man.
1: Uh, Sawyer joins up with this mission as well, sort of as just kind of like a tag along. Um, and they head out. Uh, they're hiking off. Yeah. They, well,
2: they don't. They don't have like a prerequisite asshole. So right. So they need they they need one on the mission right. for the script. Right.
1: So. Yeah. Like uh, com- Shannon and Boone combined only make like a third of an asshole. Ugh. So they need a full <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Uh, so they head out. They argue. They they bicker. Like that that mission starts off as kind of a fuck story. Um, back on the beach, Jack's preparing to do surgery to this uh, this marshal, which uh, I, we don't know that it's a marshal at this point. But we find it out during the hike mm-hmm. that it's likely the marshal. Jin's being a dick. Uh, but uh, this is this is the moment. Maybe maybe this is where Noah's theory pays off. Sun rebels against his uh, dickishness by unbuttoning her cardigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. she learned. Topple the patriarchy. I'm just saying. During the hike, Boone gets his revenge. And is a dick back to Shannon. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh, Locke and Walt play backgammon. Yeah, that's I would like an interesting I would like little to, scene.
2: I would like to dissect this scene. Yes, I
1: think I think this is worth a couple of minutes of discussion here.
2: Okay, so we've seen John Locke be free with nature because he stays out in the rain. Right, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any fear. He wants to experience life as it happens. And then we see him with the orange he takes chances Mm -hmm. you know he wants to ingratiate himself to others but still alleviate whatever kind of pain that he has or they have and then he's sitting with a backgammon set and walt comes by and i don't know what like the first i remember seeing this for the first time guys and i was so uneasy
0: yeah it's weird yeah, there's, there's something, and, and obviously he ends the scene saying, you know, do you want to know a secret? Yes. And we don't know what that is, but there's there's something going this, on. This,
1: yeah, <laughs> this thing here is not the attempt at inserting levity like the orange peel. This is straight up... Occult knowledge. Who is this right. strange island shaman <laughs> man in a in a short sleeve button up collared shirt?
0: Ah, uh, dude, he just shops the Lands End catalog, and I fucking dig his style.
1: <laughs> you, you're you're here for his thieves? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> oh my it's good. God.
0: Hey, respect the drip,
1: Adam. Well, you're right. I should be respecting the drip, and I'm not, and I apologize.
3: Uh, <laughs> Because I
2: know when I see when I see John Locke the first thing I do is go huh?
0: Now I see him and I'm like 100 bucks as those fucking pants zip off into shorts, right?
2: <laughs> you got
0: you got
1: to hope, right? You know. You know? Um <laughs> Earlier, at some point before this, we circle back to Claire, the pregnant woman. She has. Can, she,
2: can we all take one stab at saying her name with an Australian accent? Yes. Go. Yeah. Let's do it. JP, start. Fosters. <laughs> Noah, go. Be- <laughs> eh Uh,
1: here I go. Oh.
3: C- Claire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sound. You gotta make it sound like a a, a balloon
3: is losing. <laughs> Clare, plane, left. Plane
1: left from Sydney. There's only one person on the plane with the
3: Australian accent. A oh,
2: hundred percent. Because if there were too many, nobody would understand anything that was going on. Everything would be in slang that I don't understand.
3: <laughs> the show Paul Hogan would subtitles get it. as though
1: it's in a foreign language. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my god! Yes, oh, Jesus.
1: But yeah, so Clare. Has, uh, has not heard. <laughs> she has not felt the baby kick since the like, crash, uh, and she's 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 understandably distraught. Uh, Jin is out distributing snacks, and uh, uh, H- Hurley declines. He's not having it. He and he he says it. He says what JP said earlier. I'm hungry, but I'm not that hungry.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's just it's it's spongy, and it doesn't even have like a good fish taste. It just it ugh, once Jin caught great. them up, they kind of look like little mandarin oranges without the skin.
2: Yeah, I thought so, like, that was my exact, I'm like, just close your eyes and pretend it's a piece of fruit. Get to work.
0: I'm going to buy you some fucking sea urchin, and I'm going to tell you to fucking pretend that it's delicious <laughs> little, little clementines, because it's not. Uh,
3: bring it on, motherfucker!
1: <laughs> uh, uh, Claire buys it, though. She buys into the sushi platter, and uh, she eats yeah. uh, eats some of gin sushi, and that uh, that sparks the baby back to life. Uh, she flips out uh she's like Jin, feel my stomach and grabs his hand and puts out Jin is uncomfortable
2: yeah (laughs) i didn't ask for this i don't understand what i'm doing here i was trying to bring i wish they i
1: wish they would have subtitled his his reaction
0: (laughs) i wish i knew what he was saying aren't pregnant women not supposed to eat raw fish yes
1: yes that's 100 okay (laughs) just
2: making sure good madam could you please relinquish my hand back to my... This is inappropriate on so many levels. I I have, I have a discomfort level with this that really goes only as far as the boardroom is concerned. Is there <laughs> any way we could cease and desist this at any time? Oh, your baby's kicking.
3: <laughs> oh, that's kind of nice.
2: <laughs> but, okay, so if, if we're going with, with uh,
0: Noah's theory, maybe this is a scene where he is like, oh, I, I can have this sort of interaction with a woman that is just a stranger to me like this is acceptable like and not not chipping away at him too you know
1: laden with all this strange uh male female relationship tension yeah yeah yeah
2: right JP excellent job way to diagnose this I want you to know that I back you 100% because it backs up what I thought about (laughs) the Evangeline Lily scene okay (laughs) I got you boo JP JP we just became ride or die
0: B- bad, bad boys for life um
1: <laughs> i want to make one uh, like i want to sort of wrap up the discussion about the hikers sort of or yeah let's do, let's do that the the hikers yeah they the 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 a-team whatever they're heading out They uh they climb up this we get a sort of a montage of them a uh, scaling the side of this mountain to one of my favorite pieces of music from the show uh, and big props to michael Giacchino for his uh his work on on the show but like i, I love this motif of this exploration here is like the first time we hear it and we get to hear it uh, a little bit again later throughout the show but i just i it, it was the perfect music for this moment it, it gives a sense of determination and purpose and and uh, struggle and, and uh, triumph at the end i just i really dug it yeah it's good i agree but then they get up this mountain. I don't. I didn't write down it. I might not. I might not have this ordered correctly. But they're out while they're out there. Uh, they get attacked by a fucking polar bear. Yeah, but before, you know. But
2: first, but first someone tries to disarm him. Right?
1: No, no. That. Uh, oh, that's just after. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, because because they get the they hear a noise they think it might be the monster but then this polar bear comes running out of the things and everybody scatters except for uh, except for John Wayne here uh Sawyer Sawyer okay. Sawyer whips out a pistol and blasts him i have a couple of questions one obvi- the obvious question is why does he have a gun where did he get it two jp can you yeah. kill a polar bear with a pistol that that's a 9 millimeter. <sighs> like
0: i have some thoughts um i mean technically sure i mean if you got him right in the dome Um, The problem is they have very thick skulls, and once it's slanted at an angle, it might do a lot of sort of exterior damage. But, you know, you got to penetrate their very thick skull in order to do that. If you're shooting them right in the face, maybe. Um, Sawyer is holding the gun with one hand. Mm -hmm. Bullseye shooters... Uh, Olympic shooters and fucking idiots shoot with one hand. Um, Shooting a pistol is more difficult than a rifle. Like a rifle, you have all these points of contact. You got two hands, your shoulder, your cheek, a sling if it's around you. A pistol is just like out in this nebulous space in front of you, and you're kind of holding it with two hands. You're trying to line up two things, and there's a lot more fine motor skills that are necessary to make a well-placed shot. Unless we find out later that he was an Olympic-style shooter, uh no he would not have hit that fucking polar bear in just the right yeah. Death Star spot yeah. to kill it. Yeah.
2: I mean he had, he squeezes off eight shots. JP has he got a Glock?
0: Uh I I don't remember. I thought it was a Sig. It might have been. I don't remember. It's it, it's it's some sort of semi-automatic you know nine millimeter pistol.
2: Right. So I mean, but as I was just gonna ask that question. So I mean, it's it's a nine millimeter, right? Mm-hmm. Which means that he could at the most have what 12 shots um
0: somewhere between 12 and 16
2: okay so if there is a almost 1800 i mean the polar bear is the biggest bear on the planet right it's bigger than a grizzly Mm -hmm. it can get up to 12 feet tall 13 feet tall no problem if it weighs 1800 pounds which is basically the size of a yugo (laughs) there's no possible way there's no possible way that that 9mm does anything except piss that bear off. The, right. the bear's mouth would have to be open. The bullet would have to travel through its throat and come out its asshole for <laughs> there to be any sort of problem. And even then, the bear is still it's still running full bore at him.
0: You're right, yeah. It's um an interesting choice by the people that made the show to have it Well, it be makes you feel A, like they pulmonary.
2: don't have any sort of like frame of reference or gun expert on, uh, uh, just pay him the thousand dollars to show up on set and be like does this yeah. work and have the guy be like no You're yeah, <laughs>
0: probably not maybe if it's a real lucky
2: shot I've, but i've worked sorry, on several television
1: so kind of shows where we've had a you know there, there's there been gunplay and um we yeah we bring in an armorer. right it's a they come on for the day they have the weapons with them they yeah they can answer questions they they had to have had an armorer on set to deal with the firearms they could have been like oh hey bro do you have something that'll put down a polar bear there's no way the arm, armorer was like yeah here's a sig nine millimeter <laughs>
2: Yeah, well the marshal the marshal would actually be carrying an elephant gun. Right? Yeah, <laughs> clearly.
1: Uh, st- the standard issue, if I'm remembering right, for the U S. Marshals is a plasma rifle. So, yes. Oh,
2: <laughs> uh, actually, it was the it was the Predator's shoulder cannon. <laughs> oh, see,
0: now that would make sense.
2: To go all the way back. <laughs>
1: that's the question that everybody has like they're like obviously confused about the polar bear but that's everybody's question and so they're they're like where'd you get the gun he's like i found it on a u.s marshal check out my fake my gun and my badge i stole it i'm a stealer i steal i i'm racist i'm a thief uh, i smoke uh, there's nothing cool about me
0: were you doing a reba impression there
2: no, it was obviously the way Sawyer speaks. I picked on it. I picked up on it immediately. JP, thank you.
1: Okay, okay. So that there's a big reveal. There. Do
2: you want to do you want a, a rebo <laughs> I'm sorry. You know Talk I about do. About <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Talk about I'm not love, love, I'm not- love. <laughs> I am not going to do any better than that. So I got to stop right now. I was going to do something from tremors, and it's just not going to work.
1: <laughs> you didn't even get any penetration with the elephant gun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what the Marshal had. He had an elephant gun. Problem solved with the polar bear. <laughs>
1: But that's the big reveal from the whole polar bear fiasco. Is there's a marshal on the plane? They the, they they put together a couple of clues. There's a pair of handcuffs out, out there with no hands in them. There's a marshal with a gun. Uh, there's a there's a. Uh, a badge. Sawyer racistly accused Said of being the prisoner. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, it just automatically sets it off.
1: And Said's like, you're the pri- you are you're acting like a criminal. Like I'm just chilling here and I have brown skin and that's what makes you me a criminal to you. You are actively exhibiting antisocial and criminal behavior. It's probably you.
0: Right. You you hit a gun from everybody else. Gee whiz. Yep. That seems like <laughs> the fucking actions of a good guy. Yeah.
1: And so back on the beach, Jack's uh, surgery uh, victim, uh, patient, whatever, (laughs) wakes (laughs) up. No,
2: victim at this point. Where is she? He growls out. Oh, dude. Because <laughs> we get. Uh, that's, that's excellent TV, though. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. we get the we get the flashback here where we see Kate. Uh, Kate was telling the truth about his, where she knew this guy from. He was sitting next to her on the plane. But the reason yeah. for that is he's a U.S. marshal and he's escorting Kate back to the United States. Some sort of extradition for some sort of unknown crime. Oh, shit. Kate's the
2: criminal.
0: Oh, no. What?
2: Bang bang bang! It's a good thing I just saw her in her skivvies, so I can be like, "Oh no, she's probably fine."
0: <laughs> the old bait and switch.
2: No, uh, they're just they're bringing her back because of some sort of misunderstanding with taxes. I mean, this is there's no possible way that she's like a murderer or something. No, no, not at all. No, absolutely not. They would never. They would never. We're, I, I no, we're gonna on.
1: find out later. Uh, she's it's mail fraud or something. <laughs>
2: It's the, it's the crime from the firm that brings down the mafia and <laughs> the entirety of the law firm that he works for. Uh,
1: the hikers get up to the top of the hill and they get a signal. They get uh, They get some sort of weird French transmission. It, it, it's a it's a moment of hope immediately dashed by some spookiness because they're like this is in French and then Said realizes I, yeah. that there's a counter on it and that he does the math. This is the one moment in I'm which sorry. Shannon he, actually that is amazing
0: mental math plan. because if that were up to me, I would still sixteen years later be trying to figure that math problem out. Oh
1: yeah, no take a huge take a huge number and then divide it by uh divide it by three hundred sixty five and then divide it by twenty four and then divide it by uh, sixty and then divide it by sixty again in your head. While uh, well, while Shannon is nearby attempting to translate French,
2: it's the one so, like
1: her one uh, tangible skill is like I I maybe know French, and so she translates the message.
2: Well, you you don't have to divide it all the way down. All you have to do is take thirty seconds times the number, and if you want to to make it easier, you could do the number like sixty seconds times the number, and then have that. You see, that's
1: why JP and I'm, I would I'm never
2: not... figure this out
1: because you know how Congrats. to
2: actually do it, and JP and I were just stabbing <laughs> in the dark. Right,
0: see, your your bank skills, your your number skills played in here, Noah. I'll be the gun guy, you be the numbers guy. Uh, fucking, Busher, what do you want to be in charge I wanna of? Be, uh, I want to be in
1: charge of all uh, Adam 12 and Carter Country references.
0: Okay,
2: perfect. <laughs> now we're the A-team,
0: and we're ready to go on our own little side quest. <laughs>
2: Does anybody else really, really enjoy the voice of the French lady, even though she's saying horrible, horrible things? Just because it's in French?
1: It, I mean, yeah. I love the French accent. I love the French language. Uh, yeah, oh. and that's why, like, it's a but moment there's... of hope. Like Charlie even's like,
2: it's French. I'm so,
1: I've never been so excited to hear the French. Like, Yeah, <laughs> all right, the French are but... coming. Oh wait, the French have, yeah, the there's... French were here back in 1988, and
0: there's something about. <laughs> a message, like a doomed message from someone that's presumably dead yeah, presumably long that dead. the message lives on that's just so inherently creepy yeah. yes. um, it,
3: it,
1: it, it, a beautiful ugh. moment of spookiness built into right into the end and then charlie sums it up pretty pretty succinctly
3: guys where are we
1: And that's it. That's that that's the pilot, you
2: guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. And it also it also begins the whole law and order sound, but the lost sound. The boom. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. I, you, you think this so show man. didn't have everything before? P.S. We have a sound and a title card that's gonna make you shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what we've done now is now that we're now that we talked about the show, now that we've dunked on it relentlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's do a little bit of analysis at the end here. We're going to have some end. uh, We're going to end each of our uh, episodes with uh, with a couple of little segments here. Uh, First of all, we're going to start with we're going to start with. Did we like it? Noah, how do you feel about it?
2: 100%. There are so many things in hindsight that I'm like, man, if I was seeing this even now for the first time. And P.S. This show could be easily shot and shown now. That's and that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember? Do you remember when Mash came out and then you, they tried to show it like 16 years later, and you're like, that shit is from the 70s. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> and and when you see Lost, you're like, dude, well done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so again, technically it's really, really solid. If I didn't, you know, know what was coming, I would be so into the show again. I know that I have a problem with Jack and for that I do apologize. Maybe something gets better as season one goes on, but I will tell you right now, if I got these two episodes back to back again and you guys were like, Noah, could we revisit these again so we can get more Lost on Lost? I would fucking do it, guys. I would totally do
0: it. Uh, What we're going to do next is we're going to watch it on DVD and then put the chapters on the DVD in random order. Um. Oh,
2: that's such a good idea oh my god
0: so busher did you like it
1: yes oh yeah. sitting down watching the pilot for the first time like I, I think maybe like eight nine years ago perhaps i might have attempted a, a rewatch, or maybe it was maybe it was more recent than that, maybe like five or six years ago and i got a few episodes into it i probably only made it through the first season before i got distracted by something else but like what sitting down and watching the pilot again watching yeah no i'm sold i did like even knowing that most of my questions wouldn't be answered along the way and, and that a lot of the characters that they try to set up for me to like I don't uh, I yeah I, I'm, I'm still sold i uh, there's action there there's compelling questions there's great music there's pretty good acting yeah'm I'm, I'm sold that this the the pilot gets me it hooks me in it gets a, it gets a fan and so I think it does a job in that sense
0: JP how do you feel yeah you, you guys I can't add anything to that that you didn't if I was watching this for the first time. I'd be tuning in again next week. I'm I'm totally in for it. Excellent.
1: Our next segment, uh, we are going to call The Lost MVP. Uh, what we want to do is uh, we know that this uh, serialized show has a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of context and a lot of just a lot of knowledge that goes along with all of these characters. But we are going to look at just the episode we talked about today and pick out our favorite character of that episode. Because some of our guests like Noah, like you've seen the first three seasons, you have my some sort of residual memory of where these characters end up we don't want to think about that we want to think about just what happened today so for your lost mvp noah who is your lost mvp for the pilot son yeah nice
2: and here's the thing son is trying to break son is in a terrible position but it's also trying to break the bonds of being under control like she has she's she's pulling double duty she's also not sawyer she's not jack do you know what i mean like how they're all dealing with their problems her little rebellion of unbuttoning the shirt like Mm -hmm. really i i had not i had not thought about this that much i really love that moment i really do yeah but yeah for sure son
0: yeah excellent pick uh adam this might be
1: the only time i ever make this pick but i'm giving lost mvp to dr jack shepard okay Uh, not because i like him but because of a very mechanical reason, in the pilot, he saves a minimum of five lives. He saves Rose. Yeah. He saves Claire. Yeah. He saves Hurley. He saves Charlie and perhaps this uh, the, the Marshal.
0: He's, he's running around like Pee-wee Herman in, in, in Pee-wee's Big Adventure when he has to keep running into the pet store <laughs> that's on fire to save animals. He's just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah. What's next?
1: No, he, Before he opens his mouth and, st- and we start to get to know him, Jack's the fucking hero.
0: Absolutely.
1: JP, who's your lost MVP?
0: Um, Whoever is the makeup artist who is now signed on to apply the same scar prosthetic over the eye of John Locke for the next six years.
3: Because that's
0: a bold choice. That's not like, oh, I got something into my side. Oh, well, we don't ever have to show those stitches again. Every day, the actor who plays John Locke has to go and get a scar put over his eye like Sub-Zero. And that's that's (laughs) some dedication. And I appreciate that.
1: Shout out to the makeup artist. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So then uh, the other half of this bit is going to be the Lost Forever segment. We're going to take our least favorite character of the episode. Same constraints, minus context, minus memory, minus whatever. This episode only.
2: Noah, who, who should be lost forever? It is so... Hard to try and say Jack after what you just said, and I'm not going no, to. Do, no, do it. You're right. No, because you're right. No, because you're sell, right. I'm he not does, trying to sell Jack. No, he, do, he does enough good stuff that keeps other characters in play that I like, so I'm going to go with Shannon. She sucks. Oh,
0: God, yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's not, I mean, she can speak French. Good job. And the best part about that is Boone making fun of her, being like, he lived in Paris for a year. <laughs>
1: Uh, and it goes back to your privilege comment earlier. She lived abroad for a year and uh, and apparently barely bothered to learn the language. Yeah, right.
2: right. I, I drank coffee at a bunch of. I don't care. I just don't. I, oh God, Shannon. Adam, who is your lost
1: forever? Uh, I don't really have too much uh, analysis to put into this answer. My answer is uh, U.S. Marshal Edward Mars because fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> we don't need the five all on this fucking island. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs>
0: J- JP,
3: uh,
1: JP, who's your loss forever?
0: <laughs> oh, mine's nowhere near that good. Um, mine, mine is uh, Sawyer's acting coach because they taught him racism, but not subtlety. <laughs>
2: Oh my gosh! Can I go back and change my answers to have some sort of social standing the way that you guys are able to make that work?
0: No, yours are perfect. I, no, no, I'd, yours be, are...
1: I'd be surprised if we can be the,
2: if JP and I continue to be this poignant or not. <laughs> <laughs> what you saying? I saying I think you five zero. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, oh my God! Uh, th- uh, and then we we have another one here that we're gonna try out. We're gonna see how it works. I'm um, I'm calling it the burning questions. Uh, if there was a question raised in this episode that didn't get answered, that you uh, hope gets answered in the future. Noah, was there a question? Did you have a burning question brought up here in the pilot?
2: I actually have three. Okay, go for it. My first my first one is what happens like. Who does Charlie kill when his heroin runs out? <laughs> totally, and I and I mean kill. I don't mean like uh, like bothers to the point where like they just help him kick it. I mean he's he's gonna murder someone. Totally, that's the that's the main one. Um, and my yeah, uh, my, my other two my, my other two questions are: How many times did Walt beat John Locke at Batcannon? And- <sighs> Luckily, in that first scene, I, I'm gonna go with Walt went s- like straight seven and zero, <laughs> and made John Locke flip the fuck out, like take the backgammon board and just throw it, and then Walt like went and picked it back up so he could beat him at it later. He and, makes and like a
0: fake John Locke out of a coconut that he just keeps <laughs> like playing for him and beating him. <laughs>
2: Do you know how great it would be if Walt just walked by his tent and was just, like, he had the set, like, as a, like, a briefcase and just kind of, like, brandished it in front of his door and was just like, John.
3: (laughs) Well, John's too fucking busy pranking Kate.
2: John, you want to get a little backgammon in today, John? I hear it's the oldest game in the world. You got some time for me today, John? (laughs) Someone told me somewhere that this game was 5,000 years old, but it looks like I mastered it in eight minutes. Huh, John? There's
0: only two sides, black and white, or winners and losers.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. And now the least entertaining question of, of all of these is, if there is a commentary about relationships from this one episode... What does Lost tell you about marriage?
3: Mm. Yeah. It's I not mean, good. It
2: It is not very flattering. It's not love good. Is, love is one thing. Marriage is completely mm. different.
0: Very much so.
1: Yep. Love is a feeling. Marriage is a contract.
3: <laughs> the lo- government's I involved.
2: You. I love you. I love you. Well, I love that contract. All right, then I guess I'll enter into that contract because I love you. Because I love. How about we just love each other? Yeah. Why don't
1: we just do the first part, not the second part? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Adam, burning, burning question.
1: All of my real burning questions, I know, probably get answered just based on my memory. So my burning question is: Do they teach plane silhouette construction in plant media in pilot school? (laughs)
2: All right, at some point you're going to crash, right? And when you crash, you're going to want to make a facsimile of your
3: plane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One day you're going to crash in a plane. You're going to have to explain how it happened to all the other survivors. And you better pray to God. You better pray to God that you are on a tropical island.
0: (laughs) If you're on a desert island, here's how you draw it in a two-dimensional fashion. (laughs)
2: Oh, you're going to make it out of paper? Nice try, there is none. (laughs) Just the hardest aviation instructor of all time. Uh,
0: JP, did you have a burning question? There's so much that I don't know about this show. um, (laughs) And I I suspect that because of the way we're watching this, it's going to be a while before (laughs) all of my questions are answered. I'm going to start a fucking like one of those conspiracy boards on my fucking wall, <laughs> where it's all just yarn and clippings. The most pressing thing I want to know what the secret that John Locke tells Walt is. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. just kind of sat with me weird. I'm like, ooh, what's what's going on here? Yeah. So I'll I'll just leave it at that. No
1: doubt. That's a very it's a very odd presentation that Locke uh, gives to Walt there and right cut like away. Yeah.
0: everything else that's mysterious is mysterious about the island. John being weird about that is the only thing that's like. Something that was on the plane—that's yeah. weird. Yeah, that's come off. I mean, yeah, U.S. Marshal and a you know prisoner, but that's not unheard of. Like, yeah. John's hiding something, yeah. and that—that's strange.
1: That's a that's an excellent burning question. Nice. Um, jeez, man, we've. Uh... We've been on a journey, you guys. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Noah, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit of the details about your show?
2: Yeah, um, guys, every two weeks, you can listen to a podcast called Nerd Soup. It is hosted by Mike Heyer and myself. And uh, Mike and I love to watch all sorts of different media we love to talk about comic books we love to talk about regular books not as often but we do and uh, if you ever want uh, the skinny on something that you maybe don't want to you know venture into because you're not sure whether or not it's good you know just listen to our podcast because I think we give pretty solid analysis of the things that we like and we don't like and what hits home and what doesn't we do streaming services we do um, movie theaters when movie theaters are open Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and Quite honestly, um, you know we have we have games on this on the show. We have great guests, and if you guys if you guys would love to you know do me a favor, definitely go ahead and tune in to Nerd Soup. Uh, You can find us everywhere that you can find any podcast.
0: Yeah, I you know your guys show not just because like we're friends. I I do listen to your show because I enjoy. The content you guys yeah. put out, so definitely everybody go and go and check them out wherever you find podcasts. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent agreed. I I love listening to Nerd Soup, and it, I I recommend it to my friends whenever they're asking about uh, a nerd culture show to get into. It makes me laugh out loud uh, regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you, boys, so much. I think that's pretty much it, Noah. We'd love to have you on again in the future.
2: I'm in. You have you have no idea how much fun I've had. You and, have no idea how much fun. We also
1: want to in the future uh, get your co-host Mike uh, in the mix as well. So hopefully uh, we can schedule sure. that and make that happen.
2: the yes.
1: Because yeah, this was a blast, man. We was uh, JP and I wanted to uh, wanted to have you on as our first guest uh, because we knew mm-hmm. that it would uh, we knew that it would give us a real uh, real great jumping off point into the rest of the show. Yes, totally. Because because for those of you who uh, those of you listening at home. Uh, I want to give you a little insight into our next episode. If you are trying to be lost with us, if you buy into the premise, please check out our next episode. We will be watching season one, episode 20.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So fucking dumb.
0: Do no harm.
3: (laughs) Oh my God.
0: Okay, this is how you watch television. Yet again,
1: season one, episode 20. (laughs) We are going to skip the next 19 epi- or 17 <laughs> episodes, go right to season episode 20, an episode that's three episodes away from the first season finale. <laughs>
2: finale. Oh Listen, my God.
0: Law of large numbers. There's so many characters. There's so many subplots. There's so many, because I understand that they're the, the show messes with time and there's flashbacks. This has to work on some level. Some of this is gonna make sense of in in terms of how we're viewing it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Uh, awesome. Uh, well, thank you for tuning into this episode of this this first episode of Lost on Lost. Uh, I am Adam. I'm JP.
1: Uh, JP, do you have any idea what's going on on this show? No. Me neither. <laughs> Lost on Lost
0: is produced and edited by Adam Buscher and J.P. Russell. Recorded on location in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Los Angeles, California. Our show is hosted at Podbean. Find us there or wherever you find your podcast. Thanks to Danny Schmitz of Lost in a Name for our theme music.
1: Lostpedia and the community of contributors there.
0: Random.org for creating the watch order.
1: Check out our Facebook page, Lost on Lost. Or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lost on Lost 1.
0: Don't follow those jerks at Lost on Lost 2.
1: You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com. Email.com. If you like what we're getting into here, buy us a coffee at coffee.com slash we are lost on
0: lost. That's ko-fi.com slash we are lost on lost.